service. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Disgraceland is brought to you by Disgraceland All Access. Disgraceland All Access membership is your chance to support the show and get ad-free listening, an exclusive scripted episode every month, and exclusive bonus content every week, plus access to an always-on chat with me and your fellow discos. Visit disgracelandpod.com slash membership, or just click on the link in the show notes for this episode. Good morning and happy Monday, Discos. Welcome to our new weekly advance mini episode, the first communique of the week between you and yours truly, the place for us to set the table for everything that we're going to be discussing and listening to this week, uh, specifically this week's full episode of Disgraceland on Lil' Kim. That's coming tomorrow, as always, on Tuesday, as well as any and all music news relevant to Disgraceland and its many subjects. And of course, this is where where we start the conversation that we continue over voicemail, text, social media, and in our Thursday bonus episodes. All right. It's Lil' Kim week here in Disgraceland. Lil' Kim. She was born on July 11th, 1974. And on February 25th, 2001, Lil' Kim perjured herself and set herself upon a path toward real prison time. The number one song on February 25th, 2001 was Stutter by Joe featuring Mystical. This is the song we talk about in our beginning bit on Lil' Kim in the full episode, okay? Uh, the number one song, again, on February 25th, 2001 was Stutter by Joe featuring Mystical. And the number one song in America today, the day of this recording, is still, just as it was last week, Morgan Wallen's Last Night. Morgan Wallen was, as I mentioned last week, arrested outside of Kid Rock bar in Nashville, and Kid Rock, as some of you might remember, famously got into a dust-up with Motley Crue's Tommy Lee at the 2007 MTV Video Music Awards, where the kid punched the crew drummer in the grill over some beef regarding the chick from Baywatch. What does any of this have to do with Lil' Kim? Well, Tommy Lee, a couple years prior to doing his award show punching bag bit, made a video with his post-Motley crew, you might remember these guys, they're his new metal band, Methods of Mayhem, with the classiest of dudes, Fred Durst, also George Clinton was in this video, and you guessed it, Lil' Kim. The track, Get Naked. 
That's the name of the song, Get Naked. <laughs> it's one of those so bad that it's almost good, but it's not It's not actually good. It's so fucking cringy. Um, I don't know. I got to kind of give it to Tommy Lee for being basically fully naked in this video. Uh, so if you're into that kind of thing, you know, it's there. Go for it. Uh, video screams end of the 90s, uh, beginning of the, the aughts, fucking nonsense, decadence, whatever you want to call it. Total LA. Uh, it's just nuts. It's crazy. And the little Kim hook in the song, it's especially crazy. Okay. I'll leave it to you guys to check it out on YouTube rather than uh, uh, me failing to do it justice here, trying to explain it in a podcast. Uh, Lil' Kim and Tommy Lee. All right. One of the unlikeliest collaborations in music. It's so weird and it's so awful. And I'm shocked that it's not permanently singed into our music history memories. But then again, I guess it's fitting that we've just completely forgotten about it. Uh, I had anyways, I have almost no recollection of this. When I read about it this morning, uh, I pulled it up. I was like, ah, oh, yeah, I kind of remember this. Um, needless to say, this is the type of thing that just went straight up the butt of Motley Crue fans. They did not want any part of this. Tommy Lee didn't understand why. Tommy Lee seems to be one of those guys who's like, he's just incredibly unaware of himself. He has such little self-awareness. And I feel like in a lot of ways that does him good and <laughs> equally it does him bad as well. Um, but this whole thing, this whole mess, this whole Tommy Lee, Lil' Kim thing got me thinking, uh, what are some of the weirdest musical collaborations in music history? Okay, so there's Lil' Kim and Tommy Lee, there's Metallica and Lou Reed. Here's one, Bone Thugs and Harmony and Phil Collins, remember that? Yeah, me neither. Jay-Z and Linkin Park, who'd like to have that one back? 617-906-6638. Leave me a voicemail, send me a text, I'll respond in the upcoming After Party episode uh, on some of your thoughts on, and I guess my growing thoughts on some of the weirdest musical collaborations in music history. Okay. All right. Elsewhere in the world of music from the perspective of Disgraceland, Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney made some news recently, uh, last couple of days with his plans for an AI enhanced new Beatles song. Details are sketchy. Uh, but I believe what Paul is doing is using AI to extract John Lennon's voice from a demo that John had made uh, before he passed away. I'm reading between the lines of McCartney's quotes to the BBC on this, and I'm speculating. Uh, he didn't say much, but I think what's happening here is that John Lennon made some crappy demo uh, in the years before he died, a couple years before he died, where the quality of the tape, it's too rough to actually extract and utilize in a real track that they could actually mix and turn into a single. But somehow AI is going to allow them, artificial intelligence is going to allow Paul McCartney uh, to extract John's vocal or perhaps enhance it uh, and create some sort of ultra authentic recreation of John's voice. I don't know, one of those three things, maybe a combination of those things, but the end result should be a John Lennon, a new John Lennon vocal track. You heard me correctly. A new John Lennon vocal track that will enable uh, his vocal to sit in a proper mix to create a proper single to release to the world. That's what it sounds like he's up to. I don't know, but I'm interested, man. I'm interested. Uh, I'm also interested to know what role George Harrison plays in all this. What about George's voice? Uh, more important, is George even featured on this track? I'm sure he is. I just, the news isn't, isn't out. Uh, you know, are they going to do anything with AI to bring George into the mix? I don't think so. Uh, my other question is, what song is this? 
Okay, what is the demo that we're talking about here? There are rumors that it's a track uh, that John wrote called Now and Then that was demoed in the late 70s, so after the Beatles breakup. Um, I don't know. I don't know about that. Uh, it's just a rumor. Like I said, my hope, though, is that the song, my hope is that the song has some real historical significance in the sort of trajectory of Paul McCartney and John Lennon, even if it was in the 70s after they were broken up, because there were these conversations they were having. They were rare. Uh, they, they, they were in each other's orbit, and there were talks, and who knows who knows what those talks actually were about the Beatles reuniting. But I would love it if this was an actual demo. I'm not saying that's, this is what now and then, what that song was, but I would love it if whatever this AI song is, if it were a song that John Lennon demoed with the intention of getting Paul McCartney, George Harrison, and Ringo Starr to play on it with him, uh, and that he had that intention post-Beatles breakup in the 1970s, and that it's not just some cast-off melody and chord progression that John was fucking around with on his sofa one night at the Dakota while watching Barbara Walters on television. I'm hoping that whatever the track is, uh, that it's just... It just has that that intention there. Um, that would be nice. Maybe I'm too sentimental. Maybe I'm too optimistic. But I'm here for it. Either way, even if it's not, I'm here for it. Okay. I posted about this on my on my Instagram the other night uh, when I when the news broke, and I asked some of you guys what you thought of this idea, an AI inspired or AI created uh, new Beatles track, and the overwhelming response from you guys was negative. Which, if I'm being honest, I don't really understand. We don't know what AI is going to do fully. We, I don't even think we're capable of imagining it, okay? And this is just one step along this artificial intelligence train. Um, but a new Beatles track, provided that it's actually good, provided that it's actually uh, well-intentioned, uh, and it's not some mediocre thing that's just pasted together like some past post-breakup Beatles singles that I won't get into. Uh, barring all that, I'm into this. This could be cool. It could be cool. It could not be as well, but um, I don't know. We'll see. All right. Uh, it's interesting. You know what else is interesting? We've released eight episodes on the Beatles, two on the assassination of John Lennon, two on the Beatles come up and their breakup and Beatlemania, one on Paul McCartney's solo years, including his incarceration in a Japanese prison, one on John Lennon's dark political activism days in the early 70s, one on George Harrison and the harrowing home invasion that he suffered, and one on Ringo just because we had to do one on Ringo. Those are all of the Beatles episodes that we've done. Uh, with the exception of the Ringo one, they're all available for you to listen to right now wherever you get your podcasts, so check those out if you haven't already, or go ahead and give them a re-listen as you contemplate the AI generated episode of the Beatles in Disgraceland that's coming your way in 2024. I'm kidding about that. All right. Other Disgraceland subjects in the news recently. Uh, real quick, I just want to hit on this one. Madonna, I think this is worthy of mentioning. Madonna, who we featured back in season four, five? I think it was four. I can't remember. Four. Season four or five. I don't know. Madonna. 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 Madonna has joined Cher as one of only two women in the history of pop music to debut songs on the Billboard Hot 100 in five decades. That is incredible when you think of that. Five decades, okay? This is due to her new single, Popular, a collaboration with The Weeknd, Playboy Cardi, uh, on the charts. I haven't heard it. Have you? Is it good? I don't know. Let me know. All right? Quick break. Paying some bills. Back in a flash.
Okay, listen, if you're one of the few people out there who's new to podcasts, new to Disgraceland, new to true crime, if you have not already listened to the wildly popular and hysterically funny and informative podcast, My Favorite Murder, hosted by my friends Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark on the Exactly Right Network, then what are you waiting for? You got to check out My Favorite Murder in each episode. They're going to tell you stories about infamous serial killers, cold cases, incredible survivor stories. And listen, these guys are wildly popular for a reason. They have an incredible chemistry. They're hysterical. They're smart as all get up. And you're instantly going to feel like they're long lost friends. They've got great new episodes on the subjects I've already mentioned, but they've got this whole treasure trove of back episodes, including well-known stories from true crime and music history, like the deaths of Sid Vicious and Nancy Spungen, the murder of pop singer Selena, and now the infamous story of the cocaine bear. I've known Karen and Georgia since the beginning of my sort of foray into podcasting. They've been heroes of mine. I was on their podcast in March of 2022 to share my hometown story about a prison break party that I attended in high school. Uh, and they told me it was one of their most popular episodes. So you can check that out as well. Listen to My Favorite Murder wherever you listen to podcasts. Brand new episodes drop every Thursday. Hey, Discos, it's Jake here. Thank you so much for listening to Disgraceland. Your support truly means a lot to me, and it's because of you that my team and I are able to make this show. If you want more Disgraceland, if you want more regular interactions with me and the community of Disgraceland listeners, or if you simply want to listen to the show ad-free, go to disgracelandpod.com slash membership, or just click on the link in the show notes for this episode. For just five bucks a month, you can listen to every episode of Disgraceland ad-free. Plus, you'll get one brand new exclusive episode every month. You'll also get weekly unscripted bonus content, special audio collections, and early access to merch and events. There are two ways that you can support the show and become a member at disgracelandpod.com slash membership. You can sign up using Patreon and listen to the show ad-free on Apple, Spotify, and most other major podcast platforms. And Patreon members also get access to all the other perks of membership in an always-on chat where I'll be interacting with you and diving deeper into the world of Disgraceland. But maybe you're currently an Apple Podcast subscription listener and you want to just tap into all the bonus audio content and ad-free listening that we're offering. We're also offering this membership as a premium channel on Apple Podcasts. However you choose to join, all you got to do is go to disgracelandpod.com slash membership. Support the show for just $5 a month, five bucks, or sign up for an annual plan and get two months free. Come join me and your fellow discos at Disgraceland All Access by visiting disgracelandpod.com slash membership. Okay, we are back in this week in Disgraceland subject history. Well, Nothing happened this week. Nothing on the calendar strikes uh, me or screams out, uh, hey, this thing of Disgraceland significance happened back in music history. It's a dead week. But last week, on June 15th, 1989, 34 years ago, Nirvana's debut album Bleach was released, recorded famously by Jack and Dino for a total of $600. The album... As we all know, set Kurt Cobain off on, yes, it's Cobain, not Cobain, off on his trajectory to becoming one of the most iconic pop stars of all time. And uh, obviously from the $600 price tag of that recording of Bleach, a very humble starting point. Uh, I loved this album when I first heard it, and I still do, even though Dave Grohl isn't on it. The record's just got this vibe. It's fucking great. You can hear Kurt's trademark 
pop songwriting sensibilities. They're there. They're undeniable, even amidst the fucking sludge of Bleach. Uh, you can you can easily listen to Bleach and go, okay, I understand how with a little help from Bush Vig, they got to they got to Nevermind. Uh, you can hear it all. It's all there percolating on Bleach, and the record still rocks. Thirty four years later, this is a great great album. It's not one of these records where it's like uh, demo-y or, you know, it's it's lo-fi. It's got a DIY charm to it, but it is a fully realized thing and it's great. And I'm excited to go listen to it today, actually, uh, now that I know of this historical significance to uh, June 15th, a couple days ago. All right. Um, music and true crime. This is what we got going on in the world right now. Quick cruise through the music and true crime back alleys of the internet over the past few days turned up the following nuggets. One, the feud between Kesha and Dr. Luke. This thing continues. Kesha won a major judgment in an appeals court uh, proving that Dr. Luke is a public figure and therefore, as the thinking goes anyways, weakening his defamation suit against Kesha. Uh, This story is as messy as it is gross. And in my opinion, it's been going on for way too long. Guys, this story is on the original list of subjects for the first season of Disgraceland, when I was thinking of, hmm, what true crime stories from music can I can I tell and talk about? I still have that list. It's grown, obviously, and continues to grow. And this one is, <laughs> is right up there. It's in like the first 10. And I, I didn't do it then. I just, something told me to stay away from it. I didn't know how I would handle something like this. The details are, uh, are, are fucked up and messy and gross. And... Also, I kind of have this policy where I try to wait until the story has been told in the public before I dive in, because who the hell knows what can happen, right? But this thing, come on. We launched in 2018. It's 2023. Let's put this one to bed, all right? I hope it works out, okay? Or it doesn't, or whatever. I don't know. I just hope it fucking ends. Uh, Not a lot of other true crime to chime in on this week. There's the usual grab bag of hip-hop stars that I've never heard of making headlines, but nothing of note. More clickbaity than interesting to me to me anyways um a couple other music news items to mention though i probably should have brought this one up in the disgrace and subjects in the news uh in the section before before the ads but stevie nicks uh who we featured back in season 10 or 11 i can't remember maybe nine two two episodes of fleetwood max stevie nicks uh, makes up uh, the, the the second episode almost entirely her and lindsey buckingham but stevie nicks just released a solo career spanning box set and this is newsworthy because it's 16 sides all eight of her solo studio lps plus rarities and 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 this is the newsworthy part there's only 3000 copies that were made uh, of this stevie nicks box set which feels like a very punk rock move from one of the least punk rock artists of all time. Uh, And one of these box sets can be yours for just 300 bucks. So there you go. If you're a Stevie Nicks nut, you got that to look forward to. All right. In other music news this week uh, of note in the past few days, Blackie Onassis, drummer from Urge Overkill, passed away a couple days ago uh, as of the recording of this. No details on his death have emerged that always strikes me as uh, notable when we get nothing on the death. Um, I hope it wasn't tragic. I feel for his family. Um, all I got to say is, you know, I wasn't the biggest, I'm not the biggest Urge Overkill fan. We all know that Neil Diamond song, man. Girl, you'll be a woman soon. We know that that drop in Pulp Fiction 
And um, if you weren't around when that movie came out, if you weren't like a teenager or older, there, that that specific part of the movie had its own moment amidst the movie having a moment. And, you know, I knew Urge Overkill by name at the time, but I didn't know Urge Overkill. I wasn't buying Urge Overkill records. But that moment in the movie, the covering of that Neil Diamond song, something about it, something about the drop, the way it's sequenced in there, uh, something about it on the soundtrack, something about it being Urge Overkill, something about Urge Overkill covering Neil Diamond. It created this thing. It rocketed the band to this other level of stardom that they they were not at previously. And it was a thing. It captured the zeitgeist in the moment in a different way. Uh, than than is possible now. Now it would be uh, it would be like a half a day on Instagram or something. But it really urge overkill really held the moment there with that one version of that song. Um, so yeah, that's what I thought of when I when I read today that Black Eunassis, uh passed away. Also uh, some some not so great news. Uh, about Jesse Mallon. Jesse Mallon is this veteran musician, Lower East Side sort of luminary guy. He's been around for years, punk kid, um, grew up in the hardcore scene, and then sort of grew up in in just he's just he is the Lower East Side. He's he's a bar owner, he's a nightclub owner, he he's a singer-songwriter, he's a producer, he's an empresario, he's 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 one of the really good guys in rock and roll. I met him once. My band played uh, uh, one of his clubs, Bowery Electric, years ago. He probably doesn't even remember. Um, he was super great, really good to us. And uh, he's run into some hard times. He had what's called a spinal stroke, which sounds awful. The news of this just broke. And for those of you who don't know Jesse, he's the type of guy who's always there to help other people in the music business. He's always throwing fundraisers. He's always championing other artists. Um, and, you know, it just sucks that this has happened to him. He's in the hospital. He's in a wheelchair. It's going to be a tough, tough recovery from what I've read in Rolling Stone and elsewhere for him. Um, you can donate to help him out if you don't know Jesse and, and if if you do know Jesse and you're just hearing this now, um, you can donate. You can you can go to his Instagram page. You can find there's a, there's a there's a donation link. You can you can make a donation there. Or if you don't know Jesse and you just think this is a worthy cause worth donating for, same thing. Or if you can't find anything on his Instagram page, you're not on Instagram. Email me disgracelandpod at gmail.com. I'll give you the info. Posted it on my Instagram as well. You can DM me there. I'll hit you up there. Wishing Jesse Mallon the best uh, in as quick a recovery as possible. In sending all the PMA. All right. I want to talk about uh, this this news item here. Had we started these mini episodes earlier, I would have hit on this a couple weeks ago, but uh, hip hop, as you know, is turning 50 years old this year. Maybe you don't know. Uh, 50, 50, God damn, 50 years old hip hop. That doesn't seem right to me, but it is. It makes total sense. So you're going to start to hear a lot about this anniversary. There's a tour and there's a massive show happening in August at Yankee Stadium. The lineup is unbelievable. I'm reading from the uh, the the concert poster here. Here's the lineup. Run DMC is at the top of the bill, as they should be. Uh, Snoop Dogg as well, one of the headliners. Lil Wayne. Ice Cube, and this is with surprise guests. I'm sure there's going to be a ton of uh, ton of guests sitting in on this night. This is happening on August 11th at Yankee Stadium. Uh, also, Eve, and relevant to this episode right now, Lil Kim, Remy Ma, Trina. 
uh, TI, Fat Joe, Common, ASAP Ferg, EPMD, Ghostface, uh, Lupe Fiasco, Slick Rick, DJ Cool, Herc, Grandmaster, Kaz, Curtis Blow, Melly Mel, Scorpio, Sugar Hill Gang. Uh, just this is going to be incredible. Marley Morrow, Clark Kent, all, it's just going to be nuts. And we're creating some content around the anniversary of the 50th anniversary of hip hop. Um, you'll be hearing about that. You'll be hearing me talk about that. We're going in pretty deep here. I'm excited about it. Excited for you to hear some of the stuff that we are cooking up for you. So just wanted to plant that flag. 50 years of hip hop. Can you believe it? 2023, 1973, hip hop's older than me. That's uh, shocking. Shocking. All right. What else we got here? Um, last week. I gave you some predictions. Uh, I'm going to take a quick break right now. Come back. I'm going to give you the results of my predictions from last week, give you some new predictions as well, and also answer some of your emails. One second. All right, let's answer some emails here. This one from Michael P. Email address, not going to give you that. Subject, Charles Manson, Music Man, episode question. Message says, hi, Jake. Long-time listener, love the show. Just had a question regarding the Charles Manson, the Music Man episode. I've had a long-time interest in the Manson music connections and murders, and I have never heard the fact that Terry Melcher moved back into the murder house, Cielo Drive, post the murder. What is your source on that? From a light Google search, I cannot find any evidence of it. Thank you, Michael P. Uh, thanks for the email, Michael, and thanks for listening. I got that from Chaos, uh, the excellent book by Tom O'Neill. Came out, I think, back in, I don't know, 2019, maybe a couple years before that. I'm not exactly sure. Um, he has it sourced. I'm not sure from who, but the his book is incredibly sourced. That's the beauty of it. It provides the sourcing spine to a lot of the questions that have long surrounded uh, the Manson murders. So check out Chaos by Tom O'Neill. You will find that information in there. Um, okay, let's do another email here. This one is uh, da, 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 says, uh, Hi, Jake, or whoever may first be reading this email. First and foremost, I love Disgraceland and all of your other podcasts. I've listened to just about every episode of everything you've created, and your storytelling remains among the very best. Well, I thank you. Uh, she goes on to say, This brings me to my question. Ever since Disgraceland became available recently on Apple Podcasts, I've had to take a break in listening because the episodes are all misnumbered and I'm now confused on what I have and have not listened to and what order they're supposed to be in. I normally listen I normally listen on Amazon Music, New Phone, all episodes marked on Play It Again, blah, blah. But because I listen to everything else on Apple Podcasts, I want to keep listening there. Anyways, too long, don't read. I know I sound really bonkers, but I want to listen to Disgraceland in the proper order for each season. Is it possible you can send me the correct episode order for each season? Thank you. You're the best, Aaron. Um, okay. Aaron, great question. Great question. Here's what's up. We launched the podcast. We were going along seasonal. It was all going great. We went with Amazon Music and uh, continued to do the same thing, releasing episodes by season. At that point, when we were with Amazon, 
all of the episodes, the archive and the new episodes were only available exclusively on the Amazon Music app. If you wanted to listen to Disgraceland from 2021 and 2022, you could only do it on Amazon. It is now 2023. We are now everywhere. We are not just on Amazon. We are everywhere. Like you said, Apple Podcasts, but also on Spotify, Stitcher, Earwolf, wherever you want to hear us, you can hear us. So what happened then is when we went back out into the the, the, the whole wide world, we now had this massive archive of episodes to release, and I couldn't just dump them all at once because the algorithm would have hated that and no one would have listened to them. So we've been dropping them uh, in somewhat of a curated format over the last six months. And what's resulted is exactly what you've said. There is a, uh, a, a messy order in the feed, if you will, of the full episodes that are no longer sequential. It shouldn't matter that much to most people because we are an anthology series. Uh, we are not a serialized series. So you can really listen to stuff in whatever order you want. But I understand where you're coming from, Aaron. You want to hear it from beginning to end? I get it. You want to go from the start. You want to be taken on the ride. You want to go sequentially. So to answer your question, there is a list. It is on our website, disgracelandpod.com. There's a listen tab. Bang on that puppy. And you're going to see all the seasons of Disgraceland listed out for you. And then at some point this year, after we get the entire archive released, uh, we will go into the feed and we will rearrange things so that they are once again sequential. Okay. Sorry for the mess. Appreciate the question. Hope I answered it fully. If not, hit me back. All right. Last week's prediction results. I said Taylor Swift's Karma would overtake Morgan Wallen's last night for the number one song. It did not. I was wrong. Taylor's song plummeted down to the number 10 spot. Miley Cyrus dethroned Taylor Swift. She overtook the number two spot with her single Flowers. Okay. This seems appropriate to me. All right. I go Miley Cyrus over Taylor Swift. But how about you? Here's a prediction for next week. Uh, I get more than enough angry emails and DMs from you guys on what I just said, daring to suggest an opinion, an opinion that disparages Taylor Swift in any way. It's just my fucking opinion, man. I think Miley Cyrus is more interesting. What can I say? 617-906-6638. Who's better, Miley Cyrus or Taylor Swift? Fuck that. Let's make this more disgraceland. Who is most likely to wind up in a true crime documentary about themselves? Miley Cyrus or Taylor Swift? Sub-question, should I do an episode on Miley Cyrus? Sub-sub-question. Top five Miley slash Taylor playlist. You can only choose five songs, but from both artists' catalogs. What say you? 617-906-6638 with your answers. This week's predictions right here. Morgan Wallen reigns supreme. He stays in the number one slot. And Miley actually falls out of the number two spot. We're going to wrap it up, okay? These are supposed to be mini episodes, so we're wrapping it up. Let's wrap this advanced mini episode up now that we've set the week for us here in Disgraceland. Number one, get ready for Lil' Kim hitting your feeds tomorrow in Disgraceland number two. I've got questions and I'm looking for answers. 617-906-6638. What's the weirdest musical collaboration you can think of? What's weirder than Lil' Kim and Tommy Lee? All right. Number two, are you excited or put off over the AI Beatles single that Paul McCartney is working on? Number three, Miley or Taylor Swift? Who's better? Who's going to be in the true crime documentary about themselves? What is the top five playlist that encapsulates both their catalogs. Hit me, 617-906-6638 with your answers on those questions. And let me know your thoughts on the Little Kim episode and or anything relative to Disgraceland. All right? Hit me hard, discos. Little Kim this week on Tuesday, After Party on Thursday. We're back on Monday with another one of these advanced mini episodes to kick your week off and to land this plane. I'm going to read to you the Billboard charts from February 25th, 2001, in honor of our girl Little Kim, and away we go. Number one, stutter. 
Joe, featuring Mystical, last week. 2. Peak position, 1. Weeks on chart, 8. Number 2. It wasn't me, Shaggy, featuring Ricardo, Rick Rock, Ducent, last week. 3. Peak position, 1. Weeks on chart, 17. Number 3. Love don't cost a thing, Jennifer Lopez, last week. 5. Peak position, 3. Weeks on chart, 12. Number 4. Again, by Lenny Kravitz. Last week, 4. Peak position, 4. Weeks on chart, 15. Number 5. Miss Jackson, by Outcast. Last week, number 1. Peak position, number 1. Weeks on chart, 16. Number 6. Don't tell me, Madonna. Last week, 6. Peak position, 4. Weeks on chart, 12. Number 1. Stutter. Joe, featuring Mystical. Last week, 2. Peak position, 1. Weeks on chart, Quit talking and start mixing. Cut it.